Have you ever forgotten something extremely important? Just, just to make it clear, so everyone's on the same page, today is Father's Day. If you forgot, you still have a few hours. Um, today's also my anniversary, mine and Emily's anniversary. I did not forget that, don't worry. But there's a reason why, why we laugh at things like that, because we forget things. We oftentimes forget significant things that we should have otherwise remembered. We're going to be looking today in Joshua chapter 4. And before I dig into that, I want to sort of give you a highlight about where we're going. What we're going to see is that we're forgetful people, and we need reminders. In Joshua 4, what I'm going to point out to you is that there is a place in our life for setting up memorials setting up ways of reminding ourselves, ways of growing. You see, God uses memorials in our life to remind us, to teach us, to show us his provisions, to show us that his timing is perfect, and to remind us of who God is. In Joshua chapter 4, we get to a stage where it's almost as if the story is being told and then there's a big pause. And you wonder, what's going on here? The narrative just stopped. And the answer is, God has said we reached a point where we need to remember. So what did they need to remember? Well, remember, God was with them all along. God showed them that he was the leader. That was Joshua chapter 1. God showed them that he saved sinners. That was Joshua chapter 2. God showed them that he was all-powerful. That was Joshua chapter 3. And now in Joshua chapter 4, we will be reminded by setting up a memorial. We have a scripture memory verse that we've been working on, and this is a good reminder. This is Joshua 1.7. Let's say this together. Joshua 1.7, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Joshua 1.7. Let's turn in our Bibles to Joshua chapter 4. You may already be there. We're going to start with our first point by looking at verses 1 through 9. So read along in your Bible or on the screen as I look at Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. It says, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from white right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. And he said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. 
They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp, where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. God uses memorials to both remind and to teach. God uses memorials. Remember what had happened. Israel was entering the Jordan. The priest carrying the ark stepped foot into the Jordan, and the water stopped, and they crossed over on dry land. But the priests were asked to wait in the middle while the rest of the nation crossed over in front of them. Well, chapter 3 ends, and chapter 4 begins, with the rest of the nation having crossed over. But the priests are still in the middle of the Jordan. Because God still had something very important to do, and that was to set up his memorial. God himself commanded the memorial to be erected. God commanded this to happen. Verses 1 through 9 literally freeze frame, freeze the narrative to provide an important break. God wants us to remember. Israel as a nation needed to remember. In verses 4 through 6, what we see is a lot of symbolism. God's command was laden with symbolism. It's full of symbolism. Twelve stones. Why twelve stones? Because there's twelve tribes. Why do we remember twelve stones? Because God brought all twelve tribes into the land that he had promised. Yes, two and a half were going to stay on the east side, but their army had crossed over. God had brought the whole people out of Egypt. God brought the whole people into the land. The 12 stones were a memorial that God had been faithful. Actually, if you look at verse 6, the Hebrew word there that we translate as token or memorial or sign, sign most often, is a Hebrew word that's used in Genesis 1.14 of the stars. It says the stars are a sign of the seasons. It's used in Genesis 9.13, talking about the rainbow. At the end of the flood, the rainbow was a sign that God was not going to judge the earth again in a flood. It's used in Exodus 31 of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was a sign of God's covenant with the people. The stones that Joshua had brought out of the Jordan were a sign, a reminder of a significant event. They were also a memorial. That's the word used in verse 7. Memorial is more than just remembering. Think about that for a second. Memorial involves more than just remembering. It involves a fondness of the memory. When you memorialize something, you have a fondness of that memory. The stones were supposed to serve to remind and bring out this idea of the fondness for what God has done. But they also provided a powerful teaching tool. We're going to talk more about the teaching tool later because it's going to come up again in the passage. But I want you to understand that memorials are not just for us to remember, they also help us to teach. And that's really important, especially on Father's Day. We'll talk more about that here in a minute. 
Emily and I enjoy Washington, D.C. We've spent a lot of time in Washington, D.C. And every time I go, I usually spend some time at some of the memorials, just walking up and down. One of the things that I enjoy doing is reading the text in the memorials. Um, whether it's the text that's printed on something like uh, the Lincoln Memorial or the various memorials, the text that's actually there, or whether it's the signage on the ground. Usually by the time I've read a couple of them, Emily's tired of me being so slow. But I enjoy reading it. I want you to notice, though, there's no text here in this memorial. Why? Because the memorial is made to bring about questions. Dad, why are there 12 stones in a circle here? This makes no sense to me. Let me tell you about what God did and why we put those 12 stones there. That's the idea. So with it being Father's Day, I want to connect all of this together. And I want to encourage you to recognize the value of memorials and to start considering what should we be memorializing. So this is my action step for you. Recognize the value. Consider what should be memorialized. What is it that we should be memorializing? Let's move on to verses 10 through 18. Starting in verse 10. Now the priests who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people. Just as Moses had directed Joshua, the people hurried over. And as soon as all of them had crossed, the ark of the Lord and the priests came to the other side while the people watched. The men of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over, ready for battle in front of Israel, as Moses had directed them. About 24,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord to the plains of Jericho for war. That day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel. And they stood in awe of him all the days of his life, just as they had stood in awe of Moses. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant law to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests, Come up out of the Jordan. And the priests came up out of the river carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. No sooner had they set foot on the dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. What I want you to catch in this phrase, in this passage, is that God completes what he sets out to do. God fully completed what he had set out to do. The first thing I see is that God had brought all 12 tribes into Canaan. Despite disobedience, despite conflict, Despite wandering in the desert for decades, God brought all 12 tribes into the land. The priests patiently waited for everyone to cross. And even the tribe of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, who had already gotten their inheritance on the east side of the Jordan, even those tribes sent their soldiers over. Israel was united. One of the things that strikes me as I was reading through this, there's only one mention of Israel's military might in this entire passage. Only one mention, because that wasn't the important thing. 
The important thing was what God was doing. Israel, it says, that they had 40,000 soldiers crossed over. And I'm going to throw a a little bit of a monkey wrench in. I'm not sure that we should read that as 40,000. The word for thousand and the word for unit, military unit, are the same in Hebrew. It might just be that, oh, and they also had 40 military units with them. Insignificant. Just a little, a little side note. Yeah, the military went too. It didn't matter because it was God who was leading the way. It was God who had complete out what he had set out to do. It was God who brought all 12 tribes into Canaan. The focus, as in all of the other chapters that we've read, was God. It's always about God. But look at what God does for Joshua. Verse 14 tells us that God exalted Joshua. God made Joshua look good. God made Joshua look respectable so that the people stood in awe of Joshua. But it wasn't because of what Joshua had done. In fact, what had Joshua done? He had repeated the words of God and went and played with some rocks. That's all he did. Nothing special. God exalted Joshua because God completes what he sets out to do. But then God also left no doubt that he was in control. You might, at Joshua chapter 3, when the priest stepped into the Jordan and the water stopped, you might have said, boy, that was lucky timing. You might have thought, that's a coincidence. You might have thought, that just happened to work out. But then it happened a second time. Because just as the priests leave the Jordan, the water returns to flood stage. There is zero doubt. God is in control. God clearly stopped the Jordan. God clearly started it. God set out to do, and God completed what he set out to do. So let me give you an action step here. The first one is I asked you, what should be memorialized? I'm going to tell you what should be memorialized and give you an action step here. Take steps to memorialize God's faithfulness to his promises in your life. Take steps to memorialize God's faithfulness. What does that look like? That might look like something my mom does is she prints out verses of scripture and she leaves them around the house. So when you walk into her house and you go to turn out the hallway lights, you will read a passage of scripture that has been a reminder of God's faithfulness to her. That might look like a passage of scripture that you keep in the car. It might look like a plaque that you have on the wall. It might look like a particular Bible that you have. It might look like a faithful discipline that you participate in. Since today's Father's Day, I want to talk to those of you who are fathers. Take steps to memorialize for your children what God has done in your life, because they are watching. They are paying attention. Let's move on to verses 19 through 24. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. 
And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Man needs reminded of God's work. I will tell you, I will confess to you, I suspect I have forgotten far more of the things God has done in my life than I would ever believe because I failed to memorialize them. We need reminding of the things that God is doing. We easily forget the details of what God has done. There are some bookends here on the story. Bookends. Notice what day of what month this all occurs on. The tenth day of the first month. The tenth day is significant. The tenth day is the day when they would have been choosing the Passover lamb. What happened at the first Passover? They were delivered from Egypt, out of Egypt, into the wilderness, across the Red Sea. Now, they enter the land on the tenth day. God is giving them bookends. Remember all that I have done for you. In fact, that's what Joshua does in verse 23 as he connects it together. He says, remember that God did this in Egypt. He's done it now. We cannot afford to forget this. If we forget what God has done for us, we will soon fall away. I think we see it time and time again. We must remember what God has done. In verse 22, we see that the stones are going to cause our children to ask questions. That's what Joshua says. They're going to wonder why we have a pile of rocks that we think is important. And when they see this, tell them. The word for tell is actually a stronger word than just speak. It's make known to them. Make them understand. Give them knowledge. Not just telling them, but give them the knowledge. Educate them. This is a, and I hate this phrase, teachable moment. But it actually is a true teachable moment. They're going to ask about this pile of rocks, and they're going to want to know why we care, and it's your opportunity. That's your end. Tell them about God. Tell them about the God that delivered us from Egypt. Tell them about the God who parted the Red Sea. Tell them about the God who stopped the waters of the Jordan. The world, on the other hand, fails to recognize this God. But God's miracles remind even the world that they cannot deny God. So, let me give you another action step. Set up memorials to the work that God is doing. All of my action steps have been pretty close together because this is important. 
how are you going to remember yourself? How are you going to use these teachable moments to teach children, to teach those on the outside who don't know God's work? How are you going to set this up? I want to tell you one of the memories that I have. Um, One of the greatest memories I have of my dad is time and time again where I would see him was up reading his Bible. When uh, my dad passed away, I was the one who uh, wound up they gave me his wallet, and so I was the one who went through his wallet. And in his wallet, I found a slip of paper. I knew my dad had read the Bible a lot. On that slip of paper were 273 check marks for the number of times he had read through his Bible cover to cover. That is a memorial I will never forget. And I hope that I outlive my dad. I don't imagine I will outread my dad but I strive to. I strive to read my Bible regularly, frequently, deeply, and for long periods of time because of that memorial that he set. What are the memorials that you can set up for how God has worked in your life? People are watching you. What do we need to set up? The other thing I want to emphasize in this passage is that memorials do teach. And we should never underestimate the power of that teaching or take away that opportunity to teach. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper, a God-ordained memorial. And we will talk a little bit about it, but I want to encourage you, if your children ask, what are we doing? Don't let the solemnness of the event keep you from being able to teach your children. Explain to them what we're doing. Because memorials are in place. God has given us memorials. They remind us and they teach us. Don't let the teachable moment pass. Use it as an opportunity. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the memorials that you've given us and for the opportunities that we have to remember, to praise. I pray that we would memorialize what you have done in our life so that we would not soon forget it, but rather that we would treasure what you are doing. In Jesus' name. Amen.